You're listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Chris and Jana are parents of three, life and business partners who share their personal development techniques so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. What's up, guys? Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. And it's just me today. This is episode number 53. So our intro song is, or not our song, but the intro is not changed yet, but it should be changed to Chris and Jana, parents of four. We officially had our little one and it was a boy. He's a boy. This past week, um, if you're listening, we are in July. July 9th, we welcomed our fourth child into the world and his name is Christian Ledger. Um, if you know, if you've listened to us all, you know, all of our other kids, all of our girls names start with an L. So he will go by ledger to keep with L1, L2, L3, and now L4. Um, but Christian is actually Chris's full name. And so personally, I said, if we have a son, I'd like there to be a Christian Farrell Jr. legally, um, I'm going to brag on him a little bit. I just feel like this world needs to Chris Farrell's and maybe somebody would beg to differ, but I'm going to tell you he is the best man I've ever known in my entire life. And, um, we need more people like him in this world. So I'm so excited. So shocked to say that we have a son. It's been a whirlwind of a few days here. We just got home two days ago Um, and we're so excited. We're so excited. The girls absolutely are head over heels in love with him. Um, maybe a little too much because all they want to do is help and they're two, three and fives. Honestly, they're not a ton of help. Uh, Lola, the five-year-old, she's doing pretty good. I can have her hold him for a few minutes while I do something, um, do something like go to the bathroom because I've actually been pretty bedridden since we had him, um, We'll get to that. But yeah, things have been crazy, but they've also been really good. He's super healthy and we are feeling very blessed and life is crazy. So Chris is working right now on his end of the business um, because life for an entrepreneur doesn't end just because you have a baby. Um, So it's nice to have him home. He's been able to help as much as he can, especially compared to when we had our other children and he had the fitness studio. But it's still been really hard because we are not in a place, if you've listened at all recently, we are not in a place in the business where we can just coast and enjoy this time as a family of six. So he's working endlessly right now to get things going and, and run the business And, um, so I'm writing solo here and what I want to talk about today is to continue our discussion on postpartum. So I'm five days out, I'm living this real time. And I think it's important to share what's going on real time because, you know, we are in the last episode, we shared the stories and experiences we've had after our three girls, but it's easy to forget exactly how you're feeling when you're not in the moment. And so, you know, we're only a few days home and we've had, we've been so blessed with help between our family and our friends. 
Uh, people have been bringing us dinner and showering baby Ledger with gifts and even our girls with gifts, um, helping us clean and just, we have, we have been shown so much love this time around already. And so that's been great. So I haven't had a chance to, you know, it's not been all on me yet, but it's still been overwhelming. Um, my, our hospital experience was, I don't want to say traumatic, but it wasn't easy. Um, my C-section went really well, but then my recovery, we had some issues. I don't even really know how to explain it, uh, but basically we had some issues where I struggled with a lot of pain. And while we were there, they thought maybe I was going to have to have another procedure. And they cut me for an extra day. And it, it was just, it was really tough. Um, but so we're trying to take it as easy as we can being home and, and doing that is hard because the three girls don't get it. And I'm exhausted and sore and overwhelmed and I'm on all these pain medications and stuff. So everything is, everything has me extra sensitive. Um, so I, I'm definitely experiencing the baby blues in real time right now where I go from a high of just feeling so blessed and overwhelmed with happy feelings and joy um, to have our son and, and pride in our girls and how they're taking care of them. And in the very next second, I'm crying over them yelling at each other or me not being able to. So I can't lift anything right now except for Ledger because he's under 10 pounds. Um, but I really, it's painful just to walk around. So, you know, our, our two-year-old got hurt and wanted me to pick her up and I couldn't pick her up and she doesn't know why. And I, and I keep telling her mommy's hurt and I just got to get better. But they are used to me being hurt and sick and not feeling well for probably what feels like forever to them now since the pregnancy. So I know they don't get it and it's really tough to, I don't know, it's tough to disappoint them whenever they just want mom. They just want me to hold them and they see me holding the baby and they don't get it. So like I said, I go from a high of happiness and feeling just so blessed to crying because I feel guilty. And this is all normal, um, normal stuff with the hormonal changes after having a baby. And, um, but you know, it's, it's not easy to feel on, like I'm on an emotional roller coaster. And then, um, you know, coming up soon, like Ledger has his first doctor's appointment coming up and we're still in the midst of all this COVID crap and they won't let both of us come to the appointment and I cannot drive or carry him. And so it's just really frustrating because I feel like mother's parents are not being supported right now because of COVID and you can make whatever argument you want, but there's no reason to me that you can have a wedding reception and restaurants are open and all these places are open, but my husband, my support system cannot be there with me when I cannot drive or physically able to take my child to his doctor's appointment. Because thankfully we have got family who yes, can keep our girls so we can go and like he can drive me and it can be a big pain in the butt. But there's so many people out there who do not have the luxury of having help like we do. And you know what's happening to those people because there's exceptions aren't being made. 
They're missing out on their prenatal care. They're missing out on their postnatal care. Their kids are missing out on their well appointments because they have no choice. That's a whole nother topic, but that does overwhelm me and stress me out. So anyways, um, we told you that we are going to be proactive this time to work on combating the likely postpartum depression that could sink in this time. Now we have a much better support system this time around. And that's been shown just in this past couple of days that we've been home by the meals and gifts and love and messages and prayers and all the things that we've received lately that I mean, I'm not kidding you when I tell you we have never felt so loved and Ledger does not even know how loved he is and how excited people are about him and his, his existence. But, um, we still need to be proactive about making sure that we're taking care of what we can take care of. So I have the best possible chance at fighting postpartum depression and anxiety. So this week, as we're easing in, as I'm healing, we're just taking it slow. We're figuring out Ledger's eating schedule and sleeping schedule because all babies are different. We are letting me get through this time where I'm just on a ton of pain meds and alternating those all day and um, just kind of easing into family of six here. So we have not started any kind of hardcore protocol yet. Um, And also we planned on working on that while we were in the hospital. Let's all LOL at that because we were like, oh, we're not going to have any visitors. So it'll be quiet. We can do some work while we're there. But because my recovery sucked, it was anything but relaxing and and we did not have the ability to work. So um, some things that I've done this week that we've done this week to just ease into it is Chris has been in, as involved as he can be um, with helping me recover. Um, he's been trying to take a night shift for feeding him, for feeding the baby, which actually Ledger has been our best newborn. He spreads his feedings out every three to four hours rather than every two to three, like most newborns. So even though sleep's not good because, you know, so say he eats at midnight, takes about an hour to feed him, burp him, change his diaper, get him in it, you know, settled back down and back to sleep and put down. Um, so by time it's an hour, then I only have two hours till he's going to eat again. So sleep is still incredibly broken up. And like last night, some of the girls woke up in the middle of the night randomly. Um, but better than it could be better than we've had newborns in the past. But anyways, so Chris is trying to help as much as he can with that. Obviously we can only do so much with sleep when you have a brand new baby. Um, in the mornings we've been having smoothies, just super simple because my gut is a hot mess right now from having surgery and the pain pills and all the crap I've been eating and just it, it, the stress, the trauma, it's a mess. So in the morning, Chris has been making me smoothies, just super simple water and fruit and spinach, I think, peanut butter um, to try to start working our way into detoxing very slowly lunches. We've been doing super simple, just like chopped salads and chicken. Um, and then dinners have just been whatever the kind friends and family members have been bringing us. Um, because at this point, any meal that we don't have to try to figure out how to cook amidst the chaos is good for us. So, but 
that's a point we're easing in. It would be totally unrealistic to come home from the hospital and just have everybody on a schedule and have all the meals laid out perfectly healthy. Like it just, it just wouldn't be realistic. So we're easing in, we're taking it slow. We're doing what we can. We're still enjoying life as much as we can, like cookies and crap today. But those are a couple of things we've done to start working on the protocol. And then, um, Within the next week or so, we hope to have something a little more built out based around the stuff that Chris is teaching in his programming surrounding sleep and stress and eating. Um, I definitely won't be exercising anytime soon, but I will be doing things like breath work and um, hopefully in the next couple weeks I can start taking walks and doing easy stuff like that. So that is a little bit about us and what we've got going on here. Um, the other thing I wanted to do today was read you. So I, I posted in a couple moms groups on social media and asked just a few questions about postpartum depression, because like we said in the last episode, I just feel like it's something that's still not talked about enough or that people don't know enough about. And so I really just want to spend some time reading some responses to you guys, because Across the board, there's just not enough education about it, one. And two, you heard my story and mine and Chris's story with it, but I think it's helpful to hear some ways that other moms have experienced it to continue to drive home the fact that there is no one-size-fits-all postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. And at the end of the day, I just want you to hear this and know that if it's something you're experiencing, you're not alone. And maybe it's the first time you've heard it. And now this will be the way to the, the thing you need to hear to direct you to getting some help. So, um, let's see, I'm just going to pull up. I've got notes here from things, some stories that other moms have told me. Um, let's see. Okay. So this mom in particular, she said, she she realized she was became so angry all the time, and she's usually a very happy and easygoing person. She said, my doctor prescribed me an antidepressant, and I took it for two weeks, but it did not help, so I stopped. Uh, she said, I never realized anger could be a form of, of postpartum depression. So I think, I'm not a doctor, I think it usually takes a little longer for your antidepressants to kick in than two weeks, but I... I'm totally somebody who understands wanting that instant fix. Um, I also did not know that it could come in the form of anger. And I think that if you guys heard our last episode, that is the way that it showed up for me after our second child. This mom says, I couldn't sleep. I was on high alert all of the time. My adrenaline was pumping 24-7. I was angry and controlling and scared of everything. She said, and and I'm just skimming through some of this. She said, I literally had two babies who didn't walk yet when my second was born and I was anxious and stressed, overwhelmed, and I felt like I failed my baby by getting pregnant again. I didn't feel like I myself. These are such common, like you're going to hear something repeat so many times in each of these, each of these mom's experiences the words are coming up like anger and control and anxiety and stress and overwhelm. I can tell you, I, for one, 
absolutely struggled with the same feeling of feeling like I was failing each child because all of our kids were so close, especially our second. I carried and probably still carry so much guilt for getting pregnant with our third while she was still so little and I was already experiencing postpartum depression. Um, I just felt like the first year of her life was just such a blur and so challenging. Um, but this mom gave some really proactive solutions that I just want to share because I, I think it's good to hear what worked for her. So that was with her first two kids. With her third, here's some things that she did to be proactive. So she said she purposely made time for herself before birth, like taking naps. She would have her husband take her kids to play. She actually got to do a home birth and she said it was super peaceful and, and a really good start to having three kids. Um, and obviously not all of us can do that, but I think that's cool if you can. Um, she said that they took it easy as much as they could. For the first two weeks, she would stay in bed with the baby took small trips outside to get sunshine and fresh air, but nothing strenuous for two weeks. Um, luck, lucky for her, she said her husband was able to take three weeks off. Her older boys went to Montessori school during the week. And she set herself up for nourishing time with friends, other moms, one-on-one -on -one time with each of her kids, and rest with the baby. So I feel like that is such a good plan. And I know that's really hard for many of us to do all of those things, but just take some notes of things that really helped her. Somebody who went through postpartum depression with her first two and how to plan with her third. This mom said that she did not know that you could be diagnosed with postpartum depression while pregnant. Now I wonder if it's called something else because you're not postpartum. I guess probably just prenatal depression, or maybe it's more of an indicator of having postpartum if you just have depression while pregnancy. But she said she was in tears every morning by 9 a.m. She had a three, two, and one-year-old, and she was so overwhelmed and exhausted that she always felt like she was losing the battle. Said she would have major anxiety attacks. She worked part-time, side note, and that she would have major anxiety attacks while she sat in her vehicle. Um, in the driveway at home because she knew the chaos she was coming home to. Man. She said, oh, this one blew me away. This lady, this woman says, I'm a therapist and did not even know postpartum anxiety was a thing four years ago after my first. Education and normalization are so important in this area. I'm passionate about more resources and knowledge for moms. For me, because my symptoms weren't sadness or lack of enjoyment with my baby, I just thought, well, I guess this is motherhood. I struggle with control or lack thereof, rage and unrealistic fears. Oh, if I could just unpack her message alone, a therapist, she's a therapist. And in school, she did not learn about postpartum anxiety. This was only four years ago that she had her first. So it's not like she's like our parents' age. Oh, I got a crying baby. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm back. So what I was saying is it's not like she's our parents' age and there was no information when she was in school back then. Like, this is recent and she had no education about it, any, about postpartum anxiety in that area. And then when she talks about her symptoms weren't sadness and lack of enjoyment, she just thought it was normal motherhood. And I think that's so common for us to think things like 
rage and unrealistic fears like I talked about in our last episode or other moms, I think, coming up here and some of some of the ones I'm going to read, talk about the unrealistic fears and just the overwhelming anxiety that come with sometimes having a baby. It's not actually just normal. I think to an extent it's normal because all of us have a feeling of, I think most mothers have a feeling of loving their babies and being suddenly all these fears you didn't know existed because you didn't have a child before um, come about. But I think that within balance. Um, So she actually says she's seen her own therapist for a while now, which has helped. But man, it just, it blows my mind. The lack of education there is even for somebody who's learning how to deal with mental health as a therapist. Um, So this, let's see, this one, this mom's talking about how with her second, the restrictions of COVID meant that her support structure was at arm's length and that the change, let's see, she said that she knew she had postpartum because she had what she could only describe as blank moments, almost like daydreams where she would consider the most terrible things and then would blink and return to normal life. Every day was a fog, just felt like she was going through the motions. Man. And then she said, mothers have not been supported during COVID in the UK. And if I can just say, just like I said earlier, I could not agree more in the U.S. either because COVID, I mean, coronavirus might be serious, but so is mental health. And becoming a mom is already a very isolating and can be a very lonely feeling. So to to not only go through that, especially your first time, without a support system, without visitors, without some places don't let your spouse or your significant other come to the hospital, and then quarantining away from family and people who love you and are supposed to be there to experience your child with you, that that is taking such a mental toll on women right now. And I think it's something that needs to be talked about more because mental health is obviously I'm very passionate about. It's a serious thing that I don't know. I just think that it just gets brushed under the rug, honestly. Um, So, okay. This next mom says she thought it was just normal to be overwhelmed She said she would take her baby into her room, sit in the dark all day long, and then would feel rage when she couldn't get the baby to calm down. And so when that would happen, she would give the baby to her husband and lock herself in the bathroom. Said her OB gave her an antidepressant, but it was the wrong one and it made her hit rock bottom. And so with a one-month-old baby at home, she had to go to an institution. Oh, mama. If you're hearing this right now, I'm so sorry you had to experience this. This breaks my heart. But now she said moving forward, they have she's a really good support team who has a fallback plan. Everyone knows her signs, what to do about them. This is with baby number two. So again, another mom who experienced it and then was proactive with the next child and and put a plan into a place with a support system. And I just think that's so great. Gosh, this one just said that she looks back on her first three children and said that she realizes her doctors failed her. Makes me so sad. This mom said she realizes she had it because she wasn't eating. She lost 30 pounds in two months. Said she would cry multiple times a day. Would just rock her baby and cry. Was getting maybe two to three hours of sleep at night. 
And she said she loved her baby so much, but felt like her life was over because she raised her by herself. Oh, mama. She said she felt sad 24-7, and she didn't tell her doctor because she felt ashamed. <sighs> this is wrecking my heart to read these just because I can empathize. I can empathize. And again, not only is there a lack of education, but there's a stigma there's a taboo that comes along with it. And there's such a fear that if you tell your doctor or tell somebody that they're going to take your baby away or they're going to think you aren't a good mom or I don't know. I just feel like there's so much pressure on us. Um, this mom says, I was never given any information about it while I was pregnant or after I gave birth, but I did experience it with my first. Said she thought it was just being disconnected with your child or wanting to harm them, but that's not what she experienced. Said she was very anxious and down on herself about everything. Said nothing I did was good enough. I felt terrible about myself. And there was a time that I wanted to, oh. So there was a time she was clipping her baby's nails and she got a little bit of skin. And she said she felt so bad that she felt like she needed to hurt herself to feel the pain too. No. Oh, it's so hard. Nobody understands if you haven't been through it. Just don't understand that these feelings like, they just come. They just come. The thoughts, the feelings, you don't ask for them. They just come. And sometimes I think we can rationalize and know what we're thinking is not good, not healthy, not not helpful, but it really is not in our control. That's why, again, that's why we're talking about this, because we need to realize that the communication needs to be open. So those of you listening who don't know, didn't know before now that this is what you could be experiencing. Cause obviously I can't diagnose you through a podcast, but if you're hearing this stuff and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I've had these same thoughts and feelings on more than one occasion. I wonder if I'm going through postpartum depression. Like this is the point in this conversation is because not only do I want you to know if you aren't aware that you have it, I want you to know so you can get help, but I also want you to know you're not alone because it can be a scary thing. Obviously, so many of us are talking about feeling shame and that's just not fair. This mom said she just wasn't herself. A lot of moms said that they felt when they heard the words postpartum depression, they just thought it was self-harm or wanting to harm the baby or not being or not being connected to the baby. But there's so many more ways this shows up. Um like this one does say she did not connect with her baby. She said she was sleeping 30 minutes a night, if lucky. Um, she said she wanted nothing to do with her, but she also couldn't stay away from her because there was anxiety that she was hurting or unhappy. Oh, so hard. It's like the insanity that is parenthood, even when you don't have postpartum, is the constant push-pull of feelings and the constant criticism from society that tells you you can't feel one way or the other without it being wrong you know like it's like you can't be overwhelmed i feel like society is like oh you can't be overwhelmed with your kids and still also love them deeply and and want to be a mom you know it's like oh you're overwhelmed by your kids you you don't realize how lucky you are just to have kids or you know what i mean i feel like i should be talking to chris right now because i'm questioning you and i have no idea if you're answering me right now but uh Anyways, um, so this mom got put on a really high dose of Ambien because she wasn't sleeping, but she said her anxiety was too high. Oh, my gosh. 
Um, da, 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 let's see. I don't know. This is just all making me so sad. It's hard to relive it, especially when I'm just a few days postpartum, knowing the feelings that can sink in. Oh, this is a common one. This mom says she felt like she couldn't put her baby down at night or he would stop breathing. She said so six weeks she rocked him in a rocking chair all night long and watched TV. Oh, I've been there. So, I don't know. It might be all over the place, but I wanted to read to you just other experiences of moms. And, again, just help you know, like, there's not a one-size-fits-all. And if you've gone through any of these, I want you to get help. And I want you to know you're not alone. You can absolutely reach out to me. I know life's crazy, but I will do my best to talk you through it or, or help you in however I can point you in a direction. Um, I really... I'm excited to work through this protocol with Chris so we can do it in real time and share it in real time. And I just, I don't know, I feel really confident this go round and I feel really passionate about using what we've learned, what he's learned in his area of expertise in health and fitness and how the body works. And then what I've learned through experiencing it, I really think um, and pray that God's going to use us to help other moms through it. I mean, honestly, over the past couple years, I've really been trying to figure out what it is. I'm, I know this is going to sound so corny, but like what it is I'm on this earth to do. Um, based, I, I know a huge part of my calling is being a mother, obviously, now that I'm a mother to four children. Um, but I believe there's something else too for me. And I believe there's allowed to be something else. And I really feel like we're on the cusp of figuring that out because every time I've ever been asked, it's it's, what would I do for free or what do I enjoy doing? Like what really brings me joy? And it really is talking to and helping other moms. Like even with little stuff on my social media, I post random things that are working for us or random hacks or cleaning or babies or kids or whatever it is. And when other moms respond to me and are excited because they took my advice or they used that product or whatever it is, like it brings me so much joy. So knowing what I've gone through with postpartum anxiety and depression, if Chris and I can be used to help even just one mom survive it and go through it and and heal from it or be proactive against it. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even explain to you the happiness that it brings me. So I'm going to wrap this up now. I feel like I'm rambling and I'm getting a little emotional. If this episode brought you value, if you feel like there's a mom out there, maybe a dad expecting or new that needs to hear this, please go ahead and share it. And hopefully we'll be coming at you episode 54 next week with some actual steps in being proactive against postpartum depression. Thanks guys.